Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers. I'm Heather Kaufman-Peters. I'm the mother of one teenage boy. I'm a preschool teacher and a writer. And I'm Margie Ozimet. I'm mom to two boys, a middle school teacher, a homeschooler, and a writer. Welcome to the 36th episode of Two Lit Mamas and part one of our holiday gift guide. Chicka, chicka, chicka. That's my jingle bells. Can you hear them? I know, right? I don't even have any. Um, that's our jingle bells. That's how we're going to get you in the mood. And now, because we're at episode 36 and you're still listening to us, which is awesome. Thank you for joining us. Um, we are 100% sure that you are dying <laughs> for more of our opinions <laughs> because obviously our opinions are why you're here. So that's why we have put together two, this episode and the next episode, all those little literary gifts and books that you should buy, according to us, for the medium-sized people in your life this episode and the little people in your life next time. Yep. So this is going to be our middle grade holiday gift guide. In other words, you know, what middle grade books would we recommend, which we've recommended a lot this year. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to categorize them and make it a little easier to find. Yep. So um, wait a minute, but before we start, can we reflect on the most wonderful time of the year? You mean the holidays? No, it's almost the end of soccer season. (laughs) (laughs) Three teams, right? Two kids on three teams ever since the end of August. Here we are just a scant little week or two before Thanksgiving. And I'm still sitting on the soccer field, but I'm down to one team left. So the big one's done. And the little ones got one more game and I could not be more excited. (laughs) You know, you're not alone in this. I was talking to another mom the other day and she was like, we only have two games left. (laughs) It's it's insane. We were, it was, and it's so cold. I mean, it's so cold here in New England. Like literally the kids are, even Nugs was playing on Saturday and he's like got, they've got like 15 layers under their soccer uniforms. It's insane, but it's almost over. And then I'll have you know. My little ones decided that he, um, his team, they are completely 100% defeated at this point. They have not won a single game. They, um, the team has banded together and they're going to play in the indoor league. for the Oh winter. no. <laughs> so, so we're going to keep on going, just change out the cleats and we're just going to keep going until spring season, but I do get December off. So that's good. Yeah. That'll be nice. It's almost over. It's almost over. <sighs> Deep breaths. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I'm so done with it. I so, And my husband is like, I don't know why you complain about this. And I'm like, okay, first of all, let's look at it this way. If you had to go every week, multiple times a week, driving up and down Cape Cod and the South Shore of Massachusetts to sit in the cold for an hour at best, plus the half hour warm up, of course, to watch theater practice of something you didn't know anything about, nor did you really care that much about, but you were there to support our dear children. Would you do it? And he goes, oh, would you put it that way? It would be terrible. I'm like, hello, that's it. It is. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I still don't get off sides. I'm still like, what's happening? I don't get it. But I just tell you, um, I just watched Ted Lasso because everybody's been talking about it here. Everybody says that. It's so good. And it's so good. But one of the hilarious ongoing jokes in it is that Ted Lasso, who's the head coach, can never figure out offsides. See, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is this is the anguish of my life. And everyone that I asked, like as you sit there with the other parents, they're like, yeah, I don't get it either. Unless they played soccer themselves for like 15 years, 
they, nobody gets it. Not many people from our generation played soccer. Yeah. Not in the U.S. anyway. No, of course my husband did. And he, of course, has explained offsides to me in two different languages, 700 times. And I'm still like, what ifs? What ifs? <laughs> what ifs? But it's almost over. Thank God. I'm so, I'm ready. I'm just, I need, a, I need my weekends back. I need my my weeknights back. I need to be, I had, we went to playoffs last week, right? And we went to playoff, my little nugget and I, we sent you all the pictures because we were there and it yes. was freezing cold and we were out on Cape Cod and we pull up at this school and there are four teams playing on one side and four teams playing on the other side. And I will have you know that every single team's colors were blue and white, <laughs> like <laughs> literally every private school and every charter school and every religious school on the South shore of Massachusetts has chosen blue and white as their team colors. And Nugget and I just looked around. I'm like, well, I guess we'll just keep looking till we see someone we know. We'll just walk from field to field. It's a mess. I'm done. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to start my Christmas shopping. I'm ready to like snuggle in for winter. Yeah. Christmas shopping is no joke this year. That's why we're doing the holiday gift guides as early as possible. True story. So that people can get their stuff ordered before it gets too late. Because everything is sitting on a ship. Or yeah, go to your local bookstore because they will probably have most of the books that we'll be talking about today. And we don't need to pay Jeff Bezos any more money to put another <laughs> penis-shaped rocket into space. I'm just saying. Yes. How about your local lady at the bookstore? They need a penis-shaped rocket. <laughs> Um, so should we get this going? Yeah, let's get started. All right, welcome back. It's time for our book chat, which will basically be a big long list of books that we recommend for your middle schoolers. We've covered a lot of books this past year. And to start us off, we want to hit our three top favorite books that we, Margie and I both agreed on, which doesn't always happen. Rare. Um, it's rare. <laughs> so from this year's episodes, and then we can, we'll just say a little bit about them and then uh, let you know what episode where we went into more detail about it. If you want to learn more about them, you can do that. And we'll also put links to all the books, all the episodes that we re reference in the show notes. So don't worry about that. If you miss something, it'll be there for you to look up. You want to start with the first one, Margie? I will. I will start with this one because I loved it so much. Our first number one pick. And I want to say this is for anybody in your life, for one, right. anybody in your life that has any connection to the spectrum, autism spectrum world, anyone in your life that teaches special education or is planning to teach special education, and anyone that grew up in the 80s, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. And this is um, Planet Earth is Blue by Nicole Pantelikos. Did I say it right? You did. Good job. Awesome. This is one of the greatest books that I read. I sobbed. It's a lot for me to sob in a book. I sobbed like a baby. This is the story of a of a girl who is an she's a nonverbal autistic girl, and it's all wrapped up in um, her fascination for with David Bowie, aka the Planet Earth is blue and there's nothing I can do. And you'll sing it the whole time you read the book. P.S. And she is waiting for the Challenger to launch. And we all know what happened to the Challenger. So it happens around the Challenger launch. She is a young girl in New Hampshire, and she is uh, 
very excited because Christina McCollop is in that. It's a great book. It is just mm-hmm. such a good book. We could give away like a thousand spoilers and you would still read the book and sob. It's just that good. Yeah. And it, it's a short book too. It is a short book. It's a quick read, a page turner. Yeah. And I love the formatting. So if you're a writer also, you would want to read this book just for the formatting of it. It was really creative and really helped you get into the head of a child with autism. And as a former SPED teacher who worked with autism kids, 100% on the money, I say. And the author, Nicole Pantelikos, also was a former SPED teacher, right? Yeah, I think she still is. Anyway, I recommend it to every SPED teacher I know, and I recommend it to every every person I know that works with kids on the spectrum. So go get it. That's our first choice. Number two, go for it. Okay. That was Planet Earth is Blue by Nicole Pantelikos. The number two is City Spies. Oh, so good. So good. By James Ponty. Yay. City Spies is sort of a found family spy novel about these kids who all come together for a mission. Their code names are all after the cities they were found in. Like Sydney and Paris. Yes. They have great names. It's very international. It starts in the United States, but then it goes to Scotland and then Paris. So it's a very international vibe, which a lot of the books now have that. And I just love that so much. Mm -hmm. I love armchair traveling books anyway. And this one, it has that feel of it. And then plus you have the cool adventure, the drama, uh, such a great, great, great book. And I'm so glad there's going to be many of them. Thank you, James Ponty, for that wonderful gift, City Spies. If you have any kids who love adventure and who want kid wouldn't love adventure stories. Well, and James Ponty was a screenwriter and it really is super obvious when you read the book because it reads like you're in a movie. It's fabulous. It's a great, and again, give it to your adult friends. They'll love it. I loved it. Yeah, it was a fun one. And that was in episode 20 when we talked about City Spies by James Ponty. So if you want to go back. spy episode. There were some other spy books. Yeah. So if you have somebody who wants spy books, you can Like me, send them them to me, send them all to me. (laughs) And our last one, oh, Greg Howard, we love you. Yes. We love you. And the whispers, that was from episode 26. And that was the episode uh, in which we had Uncle Johnny, my BFF, who's now makes his uh, debut every every LGBTQ month, the episode where he came to talk about it with us. And the three of us, we are three hardened Gen Xers and we all were a hot mess. We literally were texting each other while reading the book saying like, oh my God, I can't, I can't go on. Is it over? This is beautiful. I am dying. Uh, My soul is crying. It was, it was a great book. And that was on episode 26, our LGBTQ episode. But that's such a small part of the book. Like it just so happened that our main character is, he just happens to be a gay kid, but it really has very little to do with this story. It just makes you fall in love with this baby even mm-hmm. more. And it is sort of like this, I don't like this sort of Southern Gothic for yeah, middle Yeah, I was just going to say Southern right? Gothic too. Yeah. It's just this like crazy Southern Gothic middle school vibe that is just Oh, it's so good. I want to read it again, but I don't know if my, I might, I don't know if I could emotionally handle it. Yeah. I don't know if I could either. I mean, in all of the, you know, reviews, they, they compare it to Bridge to Terabithia, if that just gives you any indication. So it is definitely a tearjerker again. And again, it's another short read though. It's not a very long book, Mm -mm, but you'll be sobbing so hard. Oh my gosh. So good. And you know, I have to say that's another one of those books though, that like, just give it to anybody. These are all, you know, yes, they're tagged middle 
grade. And only because the main characters are kids. These three books, all three of these, I would never hesitate to get them to an adult and be like, you should read this book. In fact, The Whispers, I have told many, many people in my life, like, read this book, read this book. The same with The the Planet Earth is Blue. It gives you such an insight into another world Mm -hmm. that I just think it's, it's, they're great. Those are some, we read some amazing books by far and away. We've probably read what, like 50 books this year, but um, those three are really big standouts. So I feel like we should point out, like there are plenty of books that we read that you're going to see everywhere, like this holiday Mm -hmm. season, super popular ones. And so for our list, we kind of came up with ones that are maybe not going to be everywhere, but we thought were really good read. Just so you know, we read Before the Ever After by Jacqueline Woodson. I mean, of course, that was fantastic book, but you're going to see that book. I hope so. I haven't seen it, but I hope we see it more. You know, another kind of popular one that you'll see everywhere is Front Desk by Kelly Yang. And that was sort of in the news for terrible reasons, but those books are fantastic. Not on Kelly Yang's end. Yes, we love her and she's on our Franzia list. But yeah, sorry. That was silly uh, school board people. So, but those are great books too. So there are going to be books that we talked about that we thought were fantastic that we just aren't going to bring up. Starfish, Lisa Fib. Yeah, that one's everywhere. But we want to give you a little bit of exposure into the little bit lesser known ones, the ones that you don't, you're not going to see as much of or you haven't seen as, around as much. Right. So our top three favorite were Planet Earth is Blue by Nicole Pantelikos, City Spies by James Ponty, and The Whispers by Greg Howard. All fantastic books. All great books. All right. So next up, we got some more, right? We're going to break them down into just a few quick categories because sometimes you go into the bookstore and it's a little overwhelming, right? You're like, oh, I have to buy something for my nephew, Jacques. And Jacques, what does he (laughs) like? I don't know. He's a dork. He doesn't like anything. Oh, wait, he's into fantasy. You go to the fantasy section and you see 7,000 books and each one of them is a tome, like huge books. And you're like, okay, well, I don't even know what to buy for poor little Jacques. So what would I buy my little nephew, Jacques? I don't know why I have a French nephew. He's, I don't know. I don't even have a nephew. <laughs> I love it. I love it that you have a French nephew. Jacques. Why would I, what would I buy for Jacques, my little nerdy nephew? Well, of course, my very favorite fantasy book from this last year was The Hat Makers by Tamsin Merchant. Yes. Sweet Tamsin Merchant is an actress and she wrote this fantastic middle grade story. It's a whole wonderful world about this family of hat makers and they live in a magical house that helps them make magical hats. And it's all about the main character who has not yet made a hat, Cordelia, and the family lives in London. It's just the most amazing story. I love the world that she created. Um, In this world, you have five maker families. You have the hat makers, the boot makers, the watch makers, the cloak makers, and the glove makers. And before Cordelia's time, she's, you know, she's a young middle grade girl. Before her time, they used to all work together. But now the families all are very suspicious of one another. They don't work together anymore. And they all sort of are separated. But they've been asked to create magical items, first for the king and then for the princess who need their help. It's just such a great, fun, wonderful story. I love any story that has a cool house in it. And this one has an amazing house. It's just a great adventure. That book, I mean, that sucked me in on that episode. It sounds like a fabulous book that you can literally get lost in. Oh, yeah. And I'm all about debut authors. I mean, talking about people who maybe don't get as much attention. Sometimes debut authors can be overlooked for authors who have several books out. And this was Merchant's t- a debut book. And I just love it. And that's The Hatmakers. We talked 
talked about the hat makers in episode 29. If you want to hear more about that one, you can. And then the second book I wanted to share is The Elephant's Girl by uh, Celesta Remington. This was not a book that we talked about yet. In fact, Margie doesn't know anything about this book. It came out in 2020 and I'd been really wanting to read it. And when I did, I was like, ooh, that might have to go on the shopping list because it's such a great book. Again, there's some magic in this book. Lexington Willow is the main character. That's an awesome name. (laughs) I know. Isn't it great? And when she was a toddler, a tornado swept her away and dropped her at a nearby Nebraska zoo. And at the zoo, um, there was this elephant, Naya, who protected her from the storm. And then they couldn't find her family. They didn't know who she was. So basically, she grew up in the zoo. And the name of the zoo is Lexington Zoo because it's in Lexington, Nebraska. And so they just called her Lexington. And um, she was raised by a foster parent there named Roger. And she has this best friend, Fisher, who also lives at the zoo with his parents who work at the zoo. Lexington, because she blew in with this tornado, the wind talks to her. Oh, cool. And she has learned not to talk back to the wind because it makes her look kind of crazy. She had problems in school. So now she's being homeschooled at the zoo and she's dealing with that. And then she's also constantly in the back of her mind wondering who her parents were, who her, who her family was. And she's also sort of psychically connected to the elephant that saved her. And the elephant sends a picture in her mind of the woods outside the zoo. And so she gets this urge to go visit those woods, like the elephant's trying to tell her to go visit the woods. And she goes out there and she finds this old trailer and there she meets a ghost of this woman who used to live in the trailer who actually died on the day that the tornado came through the awning of her trailer fell on her. And then as a ghost, she was the one that helped Roger find the baby in the storm. She led the zookeeper Roger to Lexington. It's just such a cool story. I love ghost stories, especially around Christmas time. I love reading ghost stories around Christmas time. This book is not set during the holidays, but still it has that vibe. It's just so fun. It was a fascinating story. You know me, anything with tornadoes. I lived in Kansas for a while and I survived one of the worst tornadoes that went through Kansas. And so I kind of have a thing about tornadoes anyway. And I like that it was set in Nebraska, which is another state that has tornado issues. But anyway, that's The Elephant's Girl by Celesta Remington. I really enjoyed that book. And those are for my nephew Jacques, who would like (laughs) fantasy. (laughs) Yeah, The Hat Makers and The Elephant's Girl. Two good fantasy reads. Well, and those... um are great for your little fantasy nerds. But then if you have like a little sporty nugget, like my kids, um, I got some recommendations for you. All right. What you got? So the first recommendation that, especially if your kids like soccer, you have to read 10,000 Tries by Amy McKenzie. Such an amazing, amazing, amazing book. I forgot what episode that was. Episode 32. 32. Thank you. That was on a, um, our Sporty Spice episode. Getting sporty. It's it's about Golden. He was born into this family of soccer nuts. His father was this like soccer legend. His mother was this amazing soccer star. And his older sister and even his younger two sisters, they're all great. Everybody loves soccer. And his father has been diagnosed with ALS and he is rapidly declining. And it's sort of about how it is to have a, a parent be tragically ill as a child and to become 
sort of like thrust into that caretaker role, how to look at your father as he sort of declines and disintegrates before your very eyes, basically, and how to keep it all together enough and how to be a team. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like how to work as a team on a field and off, how to work, how your family becomes a team, how everybody on the soccer field has a role to play. It's not just, here's something I learned this year. It's not just people all running one direction. <laughs> the kids are getting I, older now. I, always, I thought it was all just chasing a ball, but um, <laughs> no, I have a son who's a midfielder and I have a son who's a defender. Didn't nice. know what those things were before, but I do now. <laughs> and that's what happens in the family. They kind of learn who's, who is the striker, who's the defender and um, how do they protect their father? It's a great book. Uh, and that's 10,000 tries by Amy McKenzie. And here's my little twist. So this one, um, and Heather doesn't know about this one either. I found this book and I ordered it for my, my son, even though they're both totally sporty, but deep down, I want them to understand their mother more. So I guess this is probably why I bought this book for them. And this is the sports themed book for the non-sports fat kid. Right. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So um, this one is called Chunky by Yehudi Mercado. And this is a new graphic novel and it's about Hootie. It's an autobiographical book. Yeah, book. Love it. Hootie is a budding comedian and a very non-athletic fat kid from a very athletic family. And he conjures up an imaginary mascot. He's got, he's like to get him through life. He decides he needs a mascot. So he conjures one up and that's Chunky. And Chunky's like, just like we have gritty and, you know, like every sports team has our mascot. Hootie's got Chunky. So Chunky can help him kind of get through life. Hootie had a lung removed due to an illness and that kind of prevents him from getting into sports. And he's very overweight. And his dad, who is a former star athlete, just thinks that, you know, like if he just finds a sport. He needs to find his sport and then he'll be involved. And his mom, who's also very athletic, thinks that if he would just play sports, then he'll lose weight and then he'll feel better. But who do you want to be a comedian? <laughs> I, I mean, what is not to love in this book? He does agree to try baseball. It's a disaster. And then he realizes that the only person who's really on his side is Chunky, his personal cheerleader, his own mascot. So it's this sort of like finding yourself through your failure in sports, which I think is like literally my life story right there. So (laughs) I can feel it deep in my heart, right? It's really, it's a great book. And I think that that's a common, a very common thing. Like you're, you're supposed to like sports because everybody in your family does, and you're supposed, or you're supposed to be good at sports because everybody else in your family does, but you're not interested. So that's Chunky by Yehudi Mercado. And it's a graphic novel too. So check that one out. Next up. Anybody on your list that might like mythology, which is really just another way for me to squeeze in some more fantasy books. (laughs) Right. Basically. (laughs) We did an uh, episode 18 way back in February. We did on uh, mythology books and we had some great ones in there. But my very, 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 very favorite one was Amari and the Knight Brothers by B.B. Alston. Again, this was his debut book. And I'm super excited to discover that Amari and the Great Game is coming out next April. So, like, if you bought Amari and the Night Brothers for a, a holiday gift this year, then that one would be ready for what spring break or something by the next by next spring, which is so exciting. So, Amari and the Night Brothers is a very fun mythology story set in the United States. Amari Peters, a brother who disappeared, but she thinks he's still alive, and she's not sure what is ha- has happened to him. 
So then she finds a ticking briefcase in her room under her bed, I think it was. And then she opens it and finds out that she's been asked to come try out for the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs. It's a summer camp. I wish that would happen to me. Yeah. I wish that I would like, here, come be a witch. Like, I think that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Like you just get a magic ticket? Yeah, exactly. Like I wake up and they're like, hey, we've seen you've been kind of surly lately. We like your black hair. Um, you know, you look like you have a lot of padding to fly on a broom. Come be a witch. And I'd be like, yeah, girl. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that far from Salem. I might as well go. I know, you should. You should get the Salem ticket to become a witch. Yeah, right. I don't want to get burned at the stake or anything like that, though. So sweet Amari um, gets invited to the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs, though. So that's pretty cool. And that's where her brother had gone the summer before. And she that's where she discovers that things like magicians and fairies and aliens and anything supernatural is real. And now she's got to compete for a spot against other kids who've been invited in. And all the kids who have been invited have magic, but Amari didn't even know she had magic. So, so some of the kids kind of like in the hunger games, like some of the kids were trained up since they were little to be, you know, to be magicians in the supernatural. It's the same in peewee sports PS. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so she's kind of at a disadvantage because she didn't even know she had magic. So she has to not only discover what magic she has, but then figure out how to control it and use it and to get into this program. Well, hello, it's like me and my witchcraft. I didn't know I was going to get to be a witch until I was like in my late forties. I could have been witching for weeks and months and years before now. I get it, girl. I get it. (laughs) So anyway, that is just a fantastic adventure. I love that story. And that book's been everywhere, which is good. I know. I almost didn't put it on the list because of that. I I like it though. I think it's good. It's it's great representation. um, And the episode before, I can't remember if ours was in 17 or 18, but we did 18 was American mythology. Mythology, 17 was world mythology. And I think mine was in episode 17 and it was Charlie Hernandez in the League of Shadows by Ryan Calejo. Um, And also part do or actually dos because we're in Mexico at this point, um, Charlie Hernandez and the castle of bones is so that's a two-parter and mm. you should probably get both of them because it is all about uh, Latin American mythology. Uh, Charlie Hernandez kind of, kind of starts in, in, in the U S but then he goes and um, he's in the underworld and he's following a lot of like the Calaveras and he's following a lot of, mythological creatures from uh, Latin mythology, Latin American mythology. And it is so great. It's a page turner. Charlie's parents have disappeared and he's the one who thinks he can find them. But then all of a sudden, like things sort of get out of hand. Like one day he just starts to sprout some feathers in the middle of like seventh grade class, science class. And (laughs) and things sort of weird things start happening to Charlie. And he kind of figures out that maybe he's got some special powers but he also doesn't know what to do with them. And of course, the editor of the school paper, who also happens to maybe be his his young love interest and crush, decides that she's going to help him get to the bottom of this. Um, and then he gets a lobster claw. And then he gets, I mean, it's fun. It's so fun. And he fights all these like, you know, these like underworld land of the dead bad guys. It's a great book. If you've got, and you know, we don't like to gender books and everything, but if you got a reluctant reader or you've got a, a middle school boy who just wants like a relatable character that will keep them turning pages, it's a great one. And I have a reluctant reader um, in my house. And I also have a middle school boy who's just 
I wouldn't say he's reluctant. I'd say he's a lazy one. He's like, ah, oh, reading. <laughs> so, um, but I think like that's a book that they both have been able to get into. So Charlie Hernandez and the League of Shadows and Charlie Hernandez and the Castle of Bones by Ryan Calejo. Those are our mythology books. Next, we're going to switch gears and talk about some nonfiction books. So if you have a nonfiction kiddo, here's a couple of books for you. Right, Margie, you have those for us? I, of course, have these because I do love the nonfiction. And my all-time nonfiction book, and a lot of it is because I'm a giant a water nerd. I am married to a, a water engineer, and we have. Um, I was a certified River Watch um, reporter when I taught science. We reviewed it in episode 21, and it's Poisoned Water by Katty J. Cooper and Mark Aronson. Just note, there is an adult version as well. And I believe that one is just by Candy J. Cooper. I could be misspeaking. You want the kid version. You want the middle grade version, the middle grade adaptation. And that's, um, it was brilliant. Candy J. Cooper was the reporter. Mark Aronson was the middle grade sort of specialist uh, that kind of brought it, broke it down. And that is for anybody that's like an eco-warrior, kids that are passionate about justice, water nerds, that's about the Flint water crisis. And it is amazing. Mm -hmm. It is an infuriating book to read Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh my God, what a mess. But it's also such a great book about the power of science and about how in the end, science will give you the truth. The truth is in the science. And you know how I feel about science as an old science (laughs) teacher. Um, So that's a huge one. I'm actually buying it for my husband because I think he'll really love it. Yeah, I think he'll really get into it. We have done so much work. uh, And when he was working on his master's master's and stuff, we did a lot of work on the Flint crisis. And it's a big, it's very fascinating for him and me. So that's a good one. I have to say too about this book because it is kind of a heavy topic. It has such an inspiring ending. Don't be afraid to give this to your middle schooler. Because the kids do the work. Yeah. And, it's and the really women, of inspiring, course. Really inspiring. And it, yeah. le- it leaves you on kind of a happy note, even though I know there's still problems in Flint with this. It, it kind of follows through some kids that were really important to the, the whole um, mission. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It, it's it's a really great book. And that's Poisoned Water by Candy J. Cooper and Mark Aronson. Make sure you look for the middle grade version not the adult version um, and not adult, like dirty. I mean, just like adult. <laughs> clarify. I hate that word. Grown up version. That's usually what I say. Because right. The grown, there you go. The grown up version. <laughs> um, and since you, this is another one that I think is such, um, I don't know. It just really struck me as something totally epic. And you know how I feel about ep- representation and we are all about representation here. So I want to also include for our other nonfiction pick, a book called I am not a label. 34 Disabled Artists, Thinkers, Athletes, and Activists from Past and Present by Sherry Burnell. And this is from 2020. And I feel like everybody that had a book out in 2020, we want to give you a giant hug and promote you because I feel like the world stopped and your life's work came out and so many people missed it. So this is from 2020. It is, they're short. It's basically some brief biographies of some really amazingly interesting people like Frida Kahlo, Temple Grandin, Stevie Wonder, Peter Dinklage, and even your boy, Matt Haig. You know, you love no him. No way, Matt Haig is in there? Yeah. Aww. And it's everything from people that have uh, dwarfism and uh, breathing issues. Uh, Temple Grandin, you know, she's like our, uh, like, she's like the autism hero. Everything. And as, as a mom of a deaf kid. I love me some great stories about people that have struggled against the odds and come out 
to just beat it all. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's a really cool one. And that's called, I am not a label 34 disabled artists, thinkers, athletes, and activists from past and present. So check that one out too by uh, Sherry Burnell. Exciting. I know it looks good, right? Oh, and the next one, because you know, this is my jam too. It's a nonfiction book, but it's also for the foodies on your list, which is our next category. <laughs> so for the little foodies on your list, I, I just don't tell my kids. I just ordered this book for them too. My older one is a major baker and a foodie as well. So this book is called Yummy, A History of Dessert by Victoria Grace Elliott. Hello. It's literally a book about desserts. I'm so in. I couldn't be more in. It's just came out at the end of October and I was able to get a pre-order on the soft cover. The hard cover is it was hard to find. It was it was hard it was hit and miss to find it um and it was out of stock a lot of places because it just came out and it looks like literally the perfect gift giving book. So you can get a pre-order and it'll be here before Christmas. So they say, they say the pre-order comes out November 9th. It's basically, it just tells you how desserts happen. Like what was the mistake that made brownies and how did ice cream cones happen? And it's a graphic novel. So it's really cool too. That sounds so fun. So we haven't talked about that one before. That sounds great. No, because it literally just hit the presses. Wow. You're so cutting Caught off the presses. So cutting I am. I'm trendy like that, you know. <laughs> I like to, I teach late at night. And then when I'm done teaching late at night, I get off and I have to have my ice cream and internet time. And that's when I find these things. I literally like, I like at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, I'm all done with my classes. Here I am in the living room, my only alone time watching trash TV while I'm perusing books online and eating my chocolate frozen yogurt. (laughs) I know it's a dream life. It is a dream life. I had a foodie book too that I wanted to mention. It was in episode 27 where we talked about um, middle grade cooks in our books. And this one's called Midsummer's Mayhem by Rajani LaRocca. I love this story. It's basically a summer night's dream retelling through an Indian American family. And the main character, Mimi, is obsessed with baking and she enters this contest in order to win uh, a spot on a TV cooking show with her favorite hero. And it's just such a great story because all the mayhem that comes into play with the owners of the bakery who are holding the contest basically have bewitched desserts and everyone's awesome fun everyone kind of loses their minds a little bit it's just hilarious it was just such a fun fun read that's awesome i think that's that's i'm I'm down with that so my other book um uh, under the food category under the food umbrella is all you need is love by our girl tanya guerrero and it is about alba and alba gets sent to live with her grandmother unexpectedly in barcelona And while she's there, she thinks that her parents, she's a non-binary kid. She thinks that that's why she's been sent to live with her grandmother. But we later come to find out that, spoiler alert, but not really, uh, her mother is trying to get out of an abusive marriage. And it is a heavy book and it is so good. And while she's there, Alba learns how to make bread from one of her mother's childhood friends. And it becomes sort of all-encompassing. And it is a really fun book and it makes you want to eat bread and it makes you want to carb load. And not that, I mean, I mean, like pretty much the wind blowing makes me want to carb load, but whatevs. Um, but it's a great book. And, and non-binary is kind of a loose term for the, for the, for the character in the book because she does identify as she, but um, she's kind of like this, I don't want to be a girly girl because I just don't feel that way. So if you have that kind of kid in your life, this is a great book 
talking about representation again, of course, but it's also a cool book about learning to cook, learning to see your parents in a totally different light. Um, and you know, living in a fabulous city that you never saw yourself living in. So that was a good one. And that's all you need is love by Tanya Guerrero. She's on our Franzia list. It's a shame that she lives overseas because it's really hard for us to sit on her front yard with yes. our wine box. We'll get there, Tanya. Don't you worry, girl. We're coming. Uh, next up on our list of suggestions is a series. I know a lot of kids in middle school love to read series because then they fall in love with the characters and they keep, you know, they can read about them over and over and over again. So many well-known series out there. And we've talked about a few this year, but anyway, so we have some great series to recommend to you. Margie, do you want to give yours first? I have to say that um, my trusty librarian just just introduced me to this. Somehow my kids like fell between this one. So the old one was too, he was too young when it came out, but now my little one and I are reading and we're reading the Spiderwick Chronicles by Tony D. Terlizzi and Holly Black. And they are awesome. They are so awesome. And they very much kind of have that uh, series of unfortunate events kind of vibe to them but not quite as kind of creepy because sometimes if you look at the series of unfortunate events, you're like, wow, that is really weird that that old man wants to marry the 13 year old a little much. Yeah. These came out and I think they started around 2008. I didn't live in America then either. So that kind of missed that, Uh, but kind of catching them on the sly now, loving them. They're small. There's a ton of them. They are really full of great, rich vocabulary. So there's a lot of words that you're going to need to look up, which is, oh, I love it. I mean, my nugs and I have been looking up words right and left and trying to, you know, like using context clues to figure out what some more complex vocabulary means and stuff. But there are this, it's about, they're basically, I think there's a a Netflix, I think also has a series that was, uh, was made into a series for Netflix. That's the other thing I like. I like to be able to watch the series when you're done. It kind of gives the kids some motivation. Um, And they're three siblings and they move into this sort of creepy old mansion with an old aunt after their father leaves them and they kind of need a new start. And their mom promises them this new start in this house that's literally falling down with her kind of crazy, nutty old aunt. So it's fun. It's a really good one. That's Spiderwick Chronicles. You've got another one for us? Yes. Uh, the one I have is the Mysterious Benedict Society that we talked about in episode 30 uh, when we compared the books to the Disney Plus uh, show that that came out. It was a series. Um, and I just think these books are really fun. They're great rollicking adventure. They're hilarious. You fall in love with the main characters. Yeah, they're they're so clean. Old fashioned fun. And now these are a little bit older too, like just like Spider Chronicles. These came out in 2007, was the first book. Um, So, yeah, so they're a little bit older, but bonus, you have your Disney Plus show that when you're done reading the books, you can watch. That just came out. It just came out this summer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hot again. Spark interest in them. So I'm sure they'll probably be easier to find. And the great thing is the whole series is out. So you can just buy the whole series, which is what I did. I basically bought the box set when we were talking about it. So that was a lot of fun. And if the kids liked, you know, like if they liked the movie, then say, oh, P.S. If you liked the movie, if you like the Disney series, now I'm going to give you the books to read and you're going to like it even more because the series ends up like it only finishes at the end of book one. And there's still, you know, more after that. I feel like you get a lot more out of the books than you get out of the series. No, yeah, so, it's so much better. Um, but yeah, they yeah. can, they have four other books that they could read. So it's great. And those are by Trenton Lee Stewart. I don't know if I said that, but so good. So good. Well, speaking of our Francia list. You know, 
Um, we have long been fangirls of Margaret Peterson Haddocks. Yes. And she has a million series out and she has a million crazy, creepy good books, which we all love. But this is her latest. And the third one just came out not very long ago, I believe maybe in the spring. So now you have a three-part series. This is the three books in the series called the Greystone Secret Series. And the books are The Strangers, which was fabulous. The Deceivers which is also very good. And I've not yet read the third one, The Messengers. So this is about the Greystones kids. And they make this discovery when in the very first book that they're living in an alternate universe. Or are they? Or are the other Greystone kids living in the alternate universe? And you know, you can't, like that old Margaret Peterson Haddix, she knows how to mess with your brain like nobody else in the middle grade world. She can twist the reality to the point where you're like, what? what, what?" Um, I mean, she's made those books with robot kids and everything else. I love her so much. And these are her newest and they are really, they have gorgeous covers. They're really amazing. They are some good page turners, but I would recommend them for some older middle graders, some older middle schoolers, because they are kind of, there's some twists and turns that I, I know that like my younger one, my younger son would be like, hubba hubba, what, what just, what is happening? So, but my older one would be into them because they're, there's some pretty cool stuff. Fun. And that's the Greystone Secret series by Margaret Peterson Haddix. Hey girl. Hey Mark. Love, <laughs> Love you. you. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> See you on your front lawn. <laughs> she lives really close to you so we can I get know, her. That's true. I would love to. All right. Um, the last series we have for you, and actually the last recommendation, is Moonbase Alpha by Stuart Gibbs. We talked about this in our uh, Books in Space episode uh, 31. And these books, I just, I read all of them. I thought they were really fun. They're by Stuart Gibbs, who, of course, everyone knows him. He's very well-known author, but he does the spy school books. And these are very similar to those, but they're set on the moon, which is so much fun. They're technically science fiction, but I would definitely say they're sort of science fiction mushed up with realistic fiction. So if you have a kiddo who likes more realistic stuff, this is right up their alley because it is science fiction, but it is basically an extension of where we're at now. So a lot of this, the technology and all of that is very recognizable. So the first book is Space Case. The second book is Spaced Out. And the third book is Waste of Space. And again, if you want to hear more in depth about the series, it's episode 31. We really get into it. But these books are all out. So if you wanted to buy the whole series for a holiday gift, you can. And it's they're really fun. And the covers are cool. And they're funny. They've got humor. The main character is a boy who's solving cases. And it's pretty fun. Did you ever watch the series, The Mars? series that was on national geographic yes of course yes 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 it literally was just called mars i feel like every time you tell me about these books i think of that series and that's where they send like it was it's sci-fi but you really forget that it's sci-fi because they also put like real clips of like neil degrasse tyson talking about you know, Mars and Elon Musk talking about how he's going to get there. And so you kind of forget that it's sci-fi. Plus it's also like they're going to the moon as opposed to in the, in the television show where they're going to Mars. Yeah. It's, I, I want to read these because it sounds like the, I love well, that and series. It's even so. more sort of current eventy because there is when they, for space case, there's a whole group of people who are living on the moon and they've been asked to live on the moon. So you have like families living there, but one of the families is the billionaire 
billionaire who bought his way onto mm-hmm. onto the moon. Oh, <laughs> in a penis shaped rocket, I bet. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little bit kind of you know a nod to where we're at right now with all. Well, and it's not just Jeff Bezos who's doing space stuff at this point. Yes, but he's got the only one that's shaped so ridiculously. At least the other one looks like an airplane. <laughs> but anyway, that's the Moonbase Alpha series by Stuart Gibbs. The three books are Space Case, Spaced Out, and Waste of Space. And they are fun reads. And, and they all have like a mystery. So they're that's awesome. It's such a it's such a fun mush- mashup because it's science fiction, realistic fiction, and a little mystery. Yep, all mushed into one. Excellent. Well, those are some amazing, amazing recommendations, I think. <laughs> If you do say so yourself. I think so. I think we've given some amazing. There's some great freaking books out there, though. That's the thing. Like we've been we've read so many great books that it's hard to like narrow it down. But I want people to be able to like go into the bookstore confidently and not just randomly pick something that because honestly, there's not I mean, some booksellers, yes, are totally down with middle grade. But a lot of times booksellers are like, yeah, I'm really from the romance section here. This has got a pretty cover. I, I don't know anything about kids. So when it comes to kids' books, you know, I feel like a lot of people need a recommendation because a lot of people also are like, well, I guess right. I'll give them Harry Potter because right. they don't they don't know. You know, if you don't have kids or you don't work it with kids, you're not hip to what's happening. So we are because we're hip. We're tragically hip. Well, that's why you go to your local children's bookstore, because those ladies yeah. know everything and they're going to know exactly what you're talking about if you come in with any of these recommendations. OK, so is that it? Yep. That does it for this episode. There's no pick six because we just picked like what? 7,000. Yeah, 7,000 books for you. So that pretty much wraps up our holiday buying guide for middle graders. Just a reminder, you can find titles and authors of the books we've mentioned in the show notes, as well as our website, tulipmamas.com. So if you follow our blog, you'll also get the show notes and a link to the episode. So what's up next for us, Margie? Well, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We just spent an hour like giving our opinion. <laughs> so we're going to do another hour giving our opinion because that's what the holidays are for. We're literally like the drunken aunties that sit there and like, let me tell you how things should be kids. This is pretty much what we do, except for the, like the tea sipping aunties and their cardigans who are talking about books who will have the <laughs> wine when the kids go to bed, but we're going to give you more of our, uh, our picks. But next time is for the little guys. So you're going to cover a lot of picture books because yeah. that is so your jam. I am in the realm of chapter books because that's my current jam. So we're going to kind of hit that nine and under crowd. For yeah. The next and round. Um, we're going to have a special guest join us on that one. I'm not even sure if I told you this, Margie. You did not. Look at you. Go. <laughs> I like it. Um, so you have, you know, Uncle Johnny. I have Auntie Rebecca, who actually has a picture book published. So she's going to join us. She has a board. And it's titillating. I've read it. It was a page turner. <laughs> It was really good. The kids in the preschool love it. It I is. So we're going to have her join us for that episode. And maybe she, she'll she give us a few board book recommendations. And I'll hit the picture books. You'll hit the chapter books. And we'll have all of that for you next time. We will grace you with our knowledge. That's right. And our opinions. Because we know <laughs> that that's what you're here for. You're here for those stories. And talk about Peter-shaped rockets. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here. We're the aunties and the cardigans sipping our spiked tea, which probably has whiskey in it. Most likely. I mean, I'll be honest. (laughs) We might have tea, but likely it's got booze in it. So that's how we roll. So thank you for listening to Tulip Mamas. And if you like what you've heard, be a doll.
and give us a review. Can you tell Margie wrote that line for me? What I say? Be a doll. Be a doll. Be a doll. Hey, doll. Be, hey, hon. Dame. Give us a review. Give us a review, hon. Come on. So we can uh, share our sassy and surly opinions. If you have any friends who might like it, please share. And if you don't give us a five-star review, I'm coming for you. That's all I'm saying. Um, all right. So we are also on the Facebook, the Facebook where the old people are. To Lit Mama's podcast, and we're on the Insta. That's where the young people are, and Heather is not. Um, that's also on the TWO To Lit Mama's podcast. And you can also find our podcasts on any of the places you get your podcasts. So just subscribe, and you'll get a little notification twice a month. <laughs> your two tea sipping aunties. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.